This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 50 of Banging on the Drum. Once again, my co-host is out. He had another emergency with his kids, breaking lights or something. Probably uh, went out in the streets and they went to the fire hydrant and they just uh, ripped it open. And now the fire department had to come. So Mike's going to be dealing with the the cops and the firefighters. His his kids are turning into degenerates right in front of our eyes. So. Um, I won't be having Mike on today, but we do have a very special guest, and that is going to be the next thing you are hearing with that. So I'm not just sitting here talking to myself as I'm looking at myself uh, in the camera. We are going to kick it right to our very special guest to do a Packers draft breakdown. And here it comes. Now, welcoming to the show, a very special guest. Uh, First time on the show, this guy has been just amped and ready to go for the Packers draft. We are bringing on Michael Douglas Doherty to bring us through the draft. How are you doing, Michael Douglas Doherty? Doing great, Pat. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Sorry, we don't have my co-host M Dog on today. He's kind of on our show. He's kind of the draft guy. He uh, he very much enjoys the draft and looks into it a little bit more than me. So I apologize that you'll just be dealing with me today. But I'm just gonna kind of let you cook on this stuff. And if you sounds bring, flaky, yeah, his kids are just degenerates. Uh, oh yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, they they've been naughty lately, so she's just not a very good parent. <laughs> yeah, ready to- I, yeah, I think it's the parenting. It's the parenting fault for sure. Probably the dad. The mom probably does what she can, but it's the dad's fault. Yeah, he's pretty lazy, dad. Uh, <laughs> all right, you ready for the banging on the drum warm up questions here? Yeah, I think so. All right. Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle and why? So Michelangelo, because he's the funnest one. Everybody else is a little too serious about everything. So Donatello, like too serious about science. Like I can't deal with that. Raphael takes everything fucking personally. That not my dude, right? Like, and like just fucking quit being a snowflake, deal with the shit that comes and be done with it. And then Leonardo, he's the leader, so he has to kind of take everything seriously, right? Like, he's the, supposed to be the responsible one. Mike's just a fun one. I like that. Yeah, and I think Mike goes with the flow as well, too. So I notice when you're the leader of something, I've had to be the leader in uh, a few occasions in my life. And then there's people who just tend to not like you because you're you're the one with the reins. But I feel like... I feel like Mikey Angelo 
not that guy. He he's a good member of the team. If you if you had to blend your Ninja Turtles in percentages, what would you say in your personality they would be? I'm trying to do kind of a four lenses thing, but I'm going to do Ninja Turtles. Okay, so four lenses. So like out of the four Ninja Turtles, what percentage do I fall under for each one? Yeah. Oh, man. So I would say that predominantly I would be like Donatello and Michelangelo. So those two are probably my two highs. And Michelangelo is probably pretty up there for me. So like the go with the flow piece of it, I can do that pretty well, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to give Michelangelo 40% of what I am. Right. And then, uh, Donatello is going to get 35%, right? So I like the, I like the techie stuff to some degree. Like I like the idea of learning new things and like making everything simpler. Does that make sense? And I think that's what Donatello is for sure. Like, I love that, like the process of that stuff. And then I would say like, I'm 20 per 20%, like maybe that's too high for leader. Like, I feel like that's very like conceited (laughs) to say, but like the Leonardo piece of it, like I'm a, I'm a responsible guy, right? Like I don't, I don't dick around. I don't like break rules intentionally anyway. Like I might talk big about breaking rules, but I never do it. Right. And so I would say 20% I fall under like Leonardo, maybe not in the leadership aspect, but under like the, we have to do things this certain way. The integrity part of it. Yeah. And then 5% Raphael. Right. So I don't get like butthurt about a whole lot of stuff. There's some things for sure. And then I'm not the guy who wants to get in any fights at all. And Raphael always wants to be, he like his whole personality is based on like wanting to be in like conflict all the time. And I hate conflict. Payback. Yeah. He yeah. screwed us over. We're getting back at him. I like it. I like it. I think I got to come up with a quiz. Uh, which Ninja Turtle are I going to do? I got re- to do the four lenses training and I'm going to make it Ninja Turtle based. Yeah. I think that that's more the way it should be anyway. Right. Cause they all get, they got it all. Like we've talked about this in the past. You've talked about this in the past when I've listened. <laughs> yeah. You've never been. <laughs> um, that like you're saying that like the all you need all four of those people for a good or eight team, right? And so I think that that's probably accurate. And the way that people should break it down is by uh, Ninja Turtles. That's the obvious one. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. I got to do a little more research into it, but I'm going to get behind that. All right. So next banging on the drum question standard here is... What is your favorite fast food restaurant? I would say probably like a Taco Bell, right? And I know that that's a common answer on on your podcast here, but I like Taco Bell because, and I hated Taco Bell for a very, very, very long time. Like found it to be like the worst, the worst place you could go eat. But now I enjoy it because you don't eat tacos at Taco Bell. They tricked me into thinking that you do eat tacos at Taco Bell by calling it Taco Bell. But tacos are not what you eat at Taco Bell. You get something off the 
dollar menu. My personal go-to favorite is the cheesy bean and rice burrito. It might be like a dollar fifty now. I don't know what it is, but it's cheap, and I enjoy. I actually enjoy that that meal. Yeah. and it's cheap, right? So, like a lot of the places I like enjoy the food from, not super cheap. Like Five Guys is great, not super cheap. Culver's is great, not super cheap. Yeah, Culver's and Five Guys are not super fast. I I think Culver's right. is like the last strand of fast food that i would still call fast food without without an asterisk by it but five guys definitely gets an asterisk in my book because they don't strike me as fast food the only thing fast food about them is you go up to the counter and you order at the counter but yeah um so there's like i i like arby's a lot too but like only specific things from arby's like they do like I don't like their sandwiches too much. The the like roast beef or whatever the stuff that is actually cheap, right? I like the buffalo chicken sandwich from there. I like the euros they have there, but it's all the two for six stuff. Like I never go there unless they have something good on their two for six. Yeah. I'm cheap. That's my problem. I would prefer to just eat cheap food rather than like good food. No, I get that because yeah, Arby's does have some good stuff on their uh on their menu all right so next question we are going to go with is what who do you think the best pro wrestling tag team of all time is so i'm a hardy boys guy but um best of all time like you got to like put the road warriors in there someplace ah man i'm trying to think like um, I don't know what they were called, but Badass Billy Gunn and the Road Dog like are up there. They got it. They had to have a road. No, they're not. No, yeah. New, New Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws. I knew they had a name, and I couldn't think. Headbangers was kind of an interesting one for a while. Um, it was a little like maybe just slightly before the Attitude Era. I remember them on a video game, like playing, playing with those guys. Yeah, mine, mine's the Hardy Boys. I like the Hardy Boys for sure. So, okay, we'll take it. And now, so our our M dog, that's usually on the show, he plans on running for Mayor Wilton at some point. So I'm just gonna give you some meritorial questions, and then we will get into the Packer stuff. So, hmm. Mention a strategy and mindset that you intend to use in. No, we've already done that one with uh, the M dog. How will you stay motivated in the role of mayor? So that's one of that's one of the like my biggest issues in real life. I think is like to stay motivated long term. Um. So I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. I don't think. Like I'm very motivated short term to do things properly, right? And then I do it properly for a while, and then I fall off the wagon. I'm like, well, fuck this. I don't need to do this anymore. So staying motivated long term is probably just resetting my motivation in the short term frequently. So okay. new ideas, new ideas, new projects. That's probably the easiest way to do it is to find a new idea find a new project complete that project and move on to the next one as quickly as possible or delegate it out and 
like move on to the next thing is probably so just kind of keeping a change of scenery in there you can't be doing the same thing for too long yeah i need i need some like variety in my in my life okay i liked it um you're a wisconsin guy born and raised so with that we've had some bad news come over the last uh let's call it 15 minutes and i know you were tuned into it um what do you think about the bucks game today what do you think about the series going forward with the heat taking a three to one lead after they beat the Bucks 119 to 114. Two well, so, I mean, I do think the Bucks can win three games in a row. This might be the first time. No, it's probably not the first time all year they've lost back-to-back games. But I don't understand how Miami is shooting the way they're shooting. It doesn't make any real sense to me. And if they shoot like this, they can beat the Bucks for sure. Like, if they are just dominating. Um, I do feel like you need to do something different with Jimmy Butler. He puts up, what? 55 plus so it, it was more than 55 i think he hit late free throws put him at 57 56 56 so like i don't know hopefully he's tired next game let's play tomorrow yeah it, it was definitely a jimmy butler show tonight um he did play 41 minutes goes 15 Oh, that's from the free throw line. So 19 to 28 from the floor, three to eight from three, which I want to say he started the game like three of four, three of three. So okay. the three pointers weren't telling us, but I want, no, he had a big three late. So that, that can't be right. I know he started yeah. the game seven of eight or eight of nine from the yeah. floor. I mean, so it's heartbreaking to see that the, I mean, it's heartbreaking to see the Bucks lose, right? So this is a game that is affecting me at my core. Like it is crushing me knowing that you have to win three in a row to like get out of this series, which I think is going to be tough. I mean, obviously the Heat are playing very, very well. And then um, you shouldn't have to go to seven with the eight seed. If you're the one seed, you shouldn't have to go to seven games with the eight seed to get out of it. Um, they didn't even have the opportunity to close out before Philadelphia did, right? So, like, it just feels really bad. It, like, gut-wrenching, sick-to-my-stomach type, like, feelings. Like, anger at the Bucks for being, like, <laughs> fucking incompetent. I, I don't know. It's tough for me to deal with at the moment. Yeah, and they kind of pissed on their leg in that one because I would agree. They, I, I don't know. I want to say it was about a ten-point lead, maybe eleven-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Then they get score outscored forty-one to twenty-five, um, and it looked like we we uh, like held strong with the onslaught of what Jimmy Butler did. Because in the first quarter, man, he was unstoppable. Second quarter, it looked like we started putting Giannis on him a little bit more, which slowed him down a little bit in the second quarter. Third quarter, the Bucks were humming. Um, gave us a pretty comfortable lead. And then 
had just a comfortable lead until about what would you say like eight minutes left in the third quarter or even less than that the bucks had i would say less than that i think it was down to like four minutes and we were like still up five so looking at this thing so we were with six minutes and nine seconds left we were up 101 to 89 and then jesus christ then the yeah yeah then the heat in three minutes went on uh, however many points to catch the bucks and go up one and then took it over with less than a minute left in the game where they seemed to be hitting everything and the bucks seemed to be scrambling for their life not getting good shots not playing smart basketball to finish out the game but when jimmy Butler hit the shot the go-ahead shot we were actually watching it together. So the very special guest and I, Michael Douglas Doherty, and it looked like the roof was going to come off the building. We were talking to each other, but you could just see the way because they took the lead on that fast break out to Butler, kind of broken play, fast break, dunk, put it away. But whatever, we're going to get done with the depressing news. Do you got well, any closing thoughts on it? Yeah, so the Bucks get a get the game three loss, and then the Brewers get a loss back to back games, first time all year. Uh, lose to Detroit four to two within like five minutes of each other. Very disappointing. Yeah, not the best, but that's going to be how we're touching the Brewers today. So this episode is going to be Packers draft loaded and i'm gonna let you take over the screen michael and show us what you're gonna be doing with us today so i'm gonna be your dedicated jamie and i will look up whatever you need hopefully quick usually not yeah so i think that we'll be all right i can look up a lot of stuff kind of in my own time and in my own screen as well but what we're going to be doing today is a seven round mock draft it does have the most recent um Aaron Rodgers trade in there which the Packers oh fuck we didn't even touch that get on that the, hit that yeah 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 so the Packers received a the 13th overall pick and switched that out with the 15th so it's not like we have That's two fine. first round picks we we swapped them because they're a little ahead of us um they gave up Aaron Rodgers they got the 42nd overall pick and the 207th pick, which I believe is a sixth rounder. And they're getting a second guaranteed second rounder next year. And then if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, which I don't know like what number of games that would like come out to, but if he plays 65% of the plays, they're going to get their first round pick next year. Um, now I would imagine that that's a pick that's in the twenties. However, two picks, one at 32 and one at like 23, the jets pick at 23 would be pretty good. I'm pretty happy with having pick 23 and pick 32 next year. That'd be just fine. I expect that to be the way it goes that, um, both teams make the playoffs, the Packers win the super bowl and, you know, we get two first round picks there. So it'd be Seems pretty yeah. legit. I feel like the 
the uh, Jets got a fifth rounder from our from us as well, the number one seventy pick, if I remember correctly. Um, but anyway, that is already set in there. Uh, Pat, how do you feel about the overall the pick situation? The how everything panned out with Aaron Rodgers. So I think I liked it. Um, it was starting to feel to me like we were not going to end up getting that much from him. And M Dog and I, when M Dog was here, we were talking about if we could just get that contracts off the book. But right now, it sounds like there's like a 40 million in dead cap hit that Rodgers is going to keep on our books. And it doesn't, doesn't look like that's coming off. But like for the most part, other than that 40 million, it looks like uh, his money's coming off the books. So, I, I like it a lot. Like we we move up in the draft. Um, I had Dusty Evely, another very special guest on the show, and he he kind of went over what he wanted for the draft, and I think he accepted it in my mind. And I'm looking forward to the future. So in this draft, I hope we go weapons heavy. I mean, I know you're going to cover it here. Just and I think the reason I want that the most is I want to know who Jordan Love is as fast as possible if he's that guy um but yeah I liked I I liked what happened I am far and away not a draft guy or value of this this guy like I remember the Cleo Mack trade Happened when the Bears got Cleo Mack from uh, the Raiders. And do you remember what it was? It was like three first-round picks. I think it was from two, and the Packers offered two, and the Bears offered two, and the Raiders just assumed the Bears would be worse, which I get it. But even when that went down, I remember everybody was like, the Raiders are so fucking stupid for doing this. And my immediate reaction before reading everybody else's reactions was like, oh, damn, the Raiders kind of got a steal. They got two first-round picks out of Cleo Mack, who is a beast. You know, it's it's going to be hard to replace Cleo Mack with one guy in the draft. But I think that's why you're getting two first-round picks is you're hoping you're getting two solid players to make up for one spectacular player. And I don't know if that math really adds up. But like I said, that's why I don't consider myself quite an expert in that. Because say if you get an AJ Hawk and who's another guy for us that was damn solid, but was it wasn't great. I don't know. Like I feel like our first round picks very rarely have been AJ Hawk, right? So AJ Hawk probably what played for the Packers for almost 10 years, if not more than 10 years, and then kind of went away. But he's the all-time leading tackler in Packers history. Was he the greatest player that was on the Packers defense? No. But he was he was a guy that I loved having on the defense because I knew if it gets six yards on the field. AJ Hawk makes a tackle every fucking time. All right, let's throw it back to 2010. And so, so say we were giving up 
two first round picks and you have Brian Balaga. Brian Balaga could be a good answer to that question. Like a guy that just was steady when he was healthy, right? On that offensive line. Yeah. And yeah, I guess so. I mean, we got Jair Alexander in the first round. But he's um, a stud. He's, he's not a, like a, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not an okay player. He's a stud. So yeah, if we just name them all, so Balaga. I don't even remember this guy, Derek, Derek Sherrod. Yeah, so that seems kind of floppy. Uh, he was he was an old he was a tackle. He was not very. He didn't three four years with the Packers. Then he was done. Uh, Nick Perry. Okay, uh, right. Okay, probably a. I would probably say that he is a bust more than he is a like a player long term. Like, does he make a second contract with the Packers? I don't think he does. Dayton Jones, Aha, Clinton Dix, no second contract. Yeah, but I feel like Clinton Dix. Like, say if you get Clinton Dix and AJ Hawk for one spectacular player. I don't know. That's, so, I'm spending too long on. Here's what I feel like is, is the absolute. Yeah, here's what I feel like is a really big positive for the way you made this trade, right? So you made a trade for a player that you feel like you don't need, right? It's not that Aaron Rodgers isn't better than Jordan Love. I think that no one's going to argue that that Jordan Love is not the player that Aaron Rodgers is, right? But he is a player that we got two first-round picks to trade the other quarterback in the room. We got two first-round picks for that. That's not true. More a than second likely. Round, a second-round pick and a first-round pick is what we got, R- right? Rodgers has to play 11 games, a little over 11 games to, to get that. So, I mean, it should yeah. be. A so, even if he plays 13 and sits like all of like the third quarter, right? Like yeah. he probably still makes it to that point. Um, but what we're giving up is we're giving up a player that is definitely better in the like in the short term. But we have a guy that we think closes that gap enough that moving up two spots could be a big deal. And then getting a first rounder next year sets our team up long term to be very very successful now i don't know if picking at like pick 20 where the jets will probably finish with aaron Rodgers, right they're not going to win the super bowl that'll be the packers job but having a pick 20 and a pick 32 i don't know if that like changes what your franchise is but like having two picks in a draft that there's going to be good players in i think is really really positive I think moving up the two spots is strategic, and I don't know if that's strategic to move out of those spots or if it is strategic in order to, like, actually draft a player. So the way I'm going to do this draft stuff here today, tonight, is that I'm not going to trade anything, right? So I'm not willing to trade what whatever's going on. Um there's going to be no trades. There are going to be things that are offered. And we'll just like click through those because I don't think 
that's genuine to like a mock draft. So I get that there's offers that come through. Um, I don't necessarily like the 13 through 20 picks, right? I don't like, there's not a lot of guys in the top end of the first round that I love for the Packers that I just want to see on the, that team in the top 20 picks going from 20 through like 45. There's probably like nine guys that I'd love to see on the Packers team. Um, however, right. So I'm not going to trade out anything. So we're going to take the 13th pick. We're going to take 42. We're going to take 45. And then our next up is 78. Um, the goal here will be what I imagine will be something along the lines of two edge rushers, two wide receivers, two tight ends, an offensive tackle, an interior offensive lineman, a defensive tackle, a safety, and then probably late a quarterback. So that's not in any order. That'll be kind of how things break out. Um, I'm going to try to track through that. That's not the thing that I'm the best at is like kind of tracking who I've taken, who I haven't taken in, in terms of positions. That'd be the part that I get lost in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so oh, it would, it I'm going to read a lot. I'm going to rely on Pat to make sure that I'm like, if I try to take three wide receivers, he's like, well, hold on a second here, Mike, you've already taken four of those. So please don't take another one um, and see if he can kind of assist me in what I'm doing there. Yeah. So I think you kind of nailed it. Like with position needs, uh, it would be nice to get a guy off the edge. It would be nice to get Jordan Love some weapons, like a receiver, probably two receivers, a tight end, if not two tight ends. I then clean up like the safety uh, fiasco that we kind of go got going on right now. Is I think Dusty was saying we have six safeties on the team, and one of them can play safety. The other six are, or the other five are special teamers. So. It does well, look so, like we're going to need to get some guy that can ball um, at least a little bit if we don't sign uh, Amos back. Yeah, and I would imagine that um, we're going to be able to make a little bit different moves here, like moving forward now that that Aaron Rodgers trade is done. So, uh, and you were talking about uh, salary cap stuff. And I read today now, like, I don't know like how true it is. I didn't dig into it. I didn't go into like whatever site has all the like salary cap info, but 3 million comes off the books this year, which is a plus, right? So got rid of 3 million bucks. That's a positive. We already knew there was some dead cap that was coming with the Aaron Rodgers trade. And then 40 million next year is the way it looks. Um, they did say that the trade is not actually finalized until Rodgers comes in, signs some stuff. But before the draft should be all set to go is what I read. So um, hopefully nothing fucking falls through and like the Jets don't get cold feet or whatever. My personal opinion on the thing is like that. I think that it's a pretty even trade for two years of what is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, I guess hopefully two years of what is Aaron Rodgers, because in 2024, you never know if he comes back. 
Um, so like Brett Favre had an injury late in his career that caused him to like retire. I think the Vikings thought they were getting more than two years from him. Right. And probably didn't. So uh, I shouldn't say probably didn't. They didn't. They got like one in three quarters years. And so I can't guarantee 2024 because if you, I mean, we could end up with a second round pick if he gets a torn ACL in week two, right? And just can't play football, which I'd be fine with too, right? I assume that if Aaron Rodgers can't play football for the Jets, that second round pick is probably right around where it is this year, which is the 13th pick. So in that one, it would be the 45th pick or something, whatever it is. So um, I'd be fine with that. I'm pretty comfortable with a good second round pick. Like I said, this season, this year, I like the second round picks. And with that, I'm going to kind of get into the actual mock draft. So, um, and then I think one other thing that I haven't really mentioned is that I'm going to try to go off the, from the players, the Packers actually visited with, right? So the, from the players that they either had interviews with at the combine or were uh, brought in for the visits here recently. So, yeah, you're so to clarify, you're trying to get as many of these picks right as you can get ish. Uh, I guess I feel like that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, but I think that the pack, that's the type of players the Packers are going to take, right. Is the players that they've met with now, like a guy like, um, Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Alexander. Like, they met with him at the combine, but they didn't meet with, they didn't bring him in for a visit. Like he says, they never even talked to him. Must've like kind of forgotten that they talked to him would be my assumption, but like they did. It just was way early in the process. Right. And so I think like there's guys like that, that fall to you that you kind of need to take now. So right. What we have up right now, is the Chargers are going to give us Austin Eckler and pick 21, like for pick 13. I would probably do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Probably like I'd pull the trigger on that. No problem. Right. We're going to reject that because we're going to take the picks that the Packers actually have. I think moving to 13 was strategic in some way. Um, Delvin Cook, another guy that I like would love to have on my team. Awesome player, um, but I'm going to tell the Vikings to fuck off because they're the Vikings. They don't get nothing from me. Um, I probably do not take this. I like the Cole Komet in there. 53, 61, and 64 would be like moving up a lot of picks. I probably wouldn't include 78 in this. If you want to pick 13, you'd have to give me all that shit if you're the Bears. So, and let's just two. make sure and, the yeah. I, you're clarifying, but I would say right when these trades come up, uh, just make sure Chicago Bears are offering this, this, and this. Just just to keep everyone's headspace clear. I know if I was listening, I'd be like, cool, Matt. And then I would have to roll, okay, so they, my, roll Rolodex in my brain of who's offering me this trade. Yeah, Chicago Bears are offering me um, 53, 61, 64, and Cole Komet, right? I'm going to reject that, like I said, 
I don't think it's genuine to do a mock draft and then make the trades because you don't even know what teams will offer, right? And so right now what we have on the board is our top, I'm going to go with our top four because those I think are like our real opportunity for who we're going to pick here. Bijan Robinson, uh, super talented running back out of Texas. Devon Withers, Witherspoon, probably the second best corner draft uh, uh, corner pick in this draft. Uh, Jack Jackson Smith in Jigba, who wide receiver out of Ohio State, probably the most coveted player in like Packers fandom, right? Like that's the guy we all want. Um, and then Peter Skaronsky is an offensive tackle from Northwestern. And I think, I think what the Packers, so, and I can go through the next three too, because I think it's kind of important. You have Nolan Smith, who's an edge rusher from Georgia, super talented player, um, slightly undersized, but super talented, super intelligent. Darnell Wright, an offensive tackle from Tennessee. Um, Peter Skronsky seems like the guy here. They say he's got short arms, but I don't know that that really matters too much. And then we have Brian Branch, a safety from Alabama, who slightly undersized and then like goes down to like a nickel type player is what he kind of projects out to. And that's kind of the important piece is what do you project out to? Um, with this pick, like oddly enough, I think I'm going to take Peter Skronsky. I think that he's like a really, really high-end offensive tackle pro- prospect. And while I think in Jigba is re- Smith and Jigba is really, really good and could be a benefit overall, I like the idea of having a guy like Peter Skronsky on my team, getting that offensive tackle position out of the way right away at the 13th overall pick. So I'm taking Peter Skronsky here. Okay, I'm going to pick your brain while it runs through until our next pick. So do you think that's like a glaring hole in the Packers team? Or are you just like, let's get another offensive lineman that probably can play more than one position-ish? I I don't know anything about that the guy that you just picked. But there's no chance in my dumb brain – that I'm not getting in Bob, or however you say it, or like a safety from Alabama. Uh, yeah, so I think that um, while I don't think it's like a glaring need for this team, I do think that it's probably the best player available, right? So like that's a place that we're going to need to fill that position and filling positions like edge, offensive tackle, um, I mean, obviously, like quarterback, if that's a super neat, I don't think that's where we're at with the Packers. I think Jordan Love is feeling that need, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it just um, surprises me, especially like Northwestern, but. I just don't think that the Packers take skill position players in the first round is a big piece of it, right? So they don't take guys that can be found um in later rounds at those spots right and they've found a few like offensive linemen in later rounds that really have panned out 
what appears to be well at the time. Um, but for the most part, uh, like edge rushers, offensive tackles, if you look back at Packers drafts, the vast majority of their first round picks are either edge rushers or offensive tackles. I feel like we've had a few corners come through there when corner was an absolute glaring need, right? When it was so obvious we needed a guy that like it was kind of ridiculous, right? But that's the only time it feels like we've taken somebody outside of that edge rusher versus offensive tackle. And so I think that they're just taking the best offensive tackle on the board at the time. Um, no, and you're you're probably right. The Packers are going to pick the most boring but <laughs> best player available. Like that pick makes me want to yawn a little bit. But looking at my big board here is he was number five on it, and you got him at thirteen. Yeah, yeah, and so he's he's a really highly touted prospect, and then like the kind of the knock on him is that his arms are a little bit short. So. um yeah, I'll take that. Like, I yeah, think that gives a shit. worst case scenario, a guy with shorter arms, you move into guard and he dominates at guard. Right. And so and that's kind of what I was thinking with yep. maybe being able to play more than one offensive line position. But. Right. So I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, uh, Paris, uh, he's from Ohio state. Paris Johnson maybe is a really good prospect as well from that could really easily end up in green bay um i do think that you could take an edge rusher there if one of those like top end edge rushers falls i think it could be easily be that but i don't think that we're going to be reaching on a wide receiver and i think there's some wide receivers that are going to be available later or i don't think we're going to be reaching on a tight end because i think that they're going to take that with one of their second round picks right all right, let's see it. So the Packers have two trade offers here, um, 47 and the 2024 Washington fifth from the Commanders, right? Um, we're going to get rid of that. Pick 69, uh, the second rounder and the third rounder from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, going to get rid of those. They want to pick 149 and 42 for that. We're going to deny both those. And I think I would deny those either way. These are the picks that I'm really enjoying picking when I'm doing mock drafts all the time. These are the guys that I want on the Packers team quite often is guys who fall into this range. Um, so our top prospects here are Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson, Dewan Jones, an off offensive tackle from Ohio State, uh, Jameer Gibbs, a running back from it. Alabama, Darnell Washington, a tight end from Georgia, Hendon Hooker, a QB from Tennessee, Jack Campbell, a uh, linebacker from Iowa, and uh, Edith Timowabi for uh, Ado Bawari. Maybe, right? So I apologize for <laughs> like just slaughtering your name. Like I'm pretty sure I got it fucking completely wrong. So I apologize. And I could just sound it out, and that's probably wrong as well. But he's an edge from Northwestern. Um, Pat Fitzgerald's putting out some prospects in this draft. Pat Fitzgerald out of Northwestern, head coach from Northwestern, putting out some prospects, right? So he's got a he's got a pretty good edge rusher out of 
Northwestern, and then we got a tight end out of Georgia. Those are the two guys that I'm considering right now, right? So we took a guy out of Northwestern, and I am going to take Darnell Washington, a tight end out of Georgia here. Great blocking prospect. We're shoring up the offensive line. Gives us a a really good opportunity to get uh, Jordan Love, a guy that can catch the ball and who can protect him in like in, either in the passing game or in the run game, right? So like making sure that this guy isn't getting hit every time he drops back to pass the ball, it's a perfect way to go. I'm going with Darnell Washington. I like the idea of him. In Georgia, he was the second best tight end in Georgia, but Georgia is stacked at tight end. And I don't remember who the other guy is, but they say he'd be the number one tight end in this draft as well. We're going to take Darnell Washington out of Georgia here at the pick 42. I'll say if we get Darnell Washington, if you went uh, Najigba, Darnell Washington, I would be happy. I would stop watching the draft. I'm like they couldn't, they couldn't do it, anything more that I wanted. But if if we get Darnell Washington, where you just got Darnell Washington, I will be happy. It's kind of my Eddie Lacy. Is I wanted Eddie Lacy so bad, and then we ended up getting him. Very happy about that. Yeah, and and so that's funny because I'm pretty sure that's the same year that Monty Ball came out, and they just kind of pushed the pushed it down the road to see who would take which one first. And then we ended up taking Lacey after Denver took Moneyball. Yeah. I feel like that's the case. I could be 100% wrong about that. Um, so here we're looking at um, pick 45. Yep, yeah, pick 45, mostly the same guys. Uh, John Michael Schmitz out of um, yeah, center out of Minnesota went. Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa went. Um, so we're going to go Northwestern heavy, which seems a little bit scary, right? But we are going to take the edge out of Northwestern. Um, Ada Bawari. I think I got that right. Pretty close is the last name. Um, I think edge rushers are, if you if the Packers honestly went into a draft and just took edge rushers the whole way through, I would be just pumped. I would be so excited about the draft. I'd be uh, super happy. Um, I can't remember if they said that. So I think this guy is got good size. There's a guy from maybe Kansas state that's high on the boards as well. Slightly undersized. So like the relative athletic score for this guy is 9.72. Very athletic, uh, just dominant. I think Pat's with Gerald. If you can rely on anything out of Northwestern, is he knows how to coach D linemen, right? It feels that way every time we play Wisconsin plays Northwestern. We're taking the Northwestern edge rusher here, and I'm not going to pronounce his name again and butcher it for a third time in a third different way. So Yeah, I got Portuguese on my mind, so I would – pronounce it Ajibawari. Ajibawari. That's probably correct. I mean, like, I have no real idea to tell you the truth, right? It could be Ajibawari, though, because it doesn't look like a Portuguese word. So I would either say Ajibawari or 
Adi Bawari. I just don't know what that D-E in that name is, is saying. That's our uh, Western literature uh, portion of the show right there for you. There you go. Uh, so we got a couple picks, a uh, couple. Uh, we have one trade offer from the Jacksonville Jaguars for pick 88 and 121 for pick 78 and 207. Uh, like I said, we're going to pass on that. Uh, and right here, I think I'm going to fill my second edge rusher with a guy out of Army, Andre Carter II. Uh, when I first started doing mock drafts, this is a guy that fell right at the end of the first round. Um, maybe would drop into the Packers' second round pick. Had kind of a bad combine, and I don't know exactly where his like service area falls in, like how you like fall into right. that kind of stuff, like what he has to do here. I think you can probably buy out at that point if you're going to be in the third round of the draft. Um, it is what I would assume. I, I have no clue, but I know there's like rules that say like if you make more uh, money than the commander of your base, like you can't be in the military at some point. But it'd be cool if you, this guy could be like Army National Guard. Because it would just be like having a warrior at at a guardsman position. I remember there was a UFC fighter that was Air National or Army National Guard that was some sort of like Green Beret Ranger type. And be like, fuck yeah, I would just never make him show up to anything. And before we were going to deploy him, make sure he plays with guns a little bit. Whatever, I'm getting too far. I, I like the pick just because it's from the army yeah and so like that's tim kennedy i believe re-enlisted after he was like a really high-end um ufc fighter ufc fighter like like in the ufc not in like some secondary mma thing in the ufc uh re-enlists again like recently so I think that's who you're talking about is Tim Kennedy. Might not have even been reserved. Might have been fucking full-blown army. I guess they probably limit that a little bit, full-blown army. Um, he could be a recruiter of some sort, right? Like, which would probably help numbers. Oh, yeah, I have no clue. But I would love to give a shout-out to this girl in the Volk Field Air National Guard if I just knew her name. But we had a UFC fighter in in the Air National Guard that was female to whoop my ass, training out of Milwaukee. That's her shout-out right there. So we, we took a guy from Army at Edge. So, oh, shit. Did you need me to take down who we were going to be taking? I think, remember, I think it'll show right? us at the end, and we have two edge rushers, we have a tackle, and we have a tight end currently. Okay. I should have been right down. Our next pick is up at 116. And we are on the clock, Mike. We are. What do you got? Um, so what I'm probably going to do here 
is I'm going to go look at my other board here quick because I'm forgetting where I'm at because I had one too many beers because the Bucks decided <laughs> to shit the bed, right? And so, so I'm at two edge rushers. I have zero wide receivers currently. I have one tight end, one offensive tackle. Um, so what we're looking at here, and this would be based on needs. I think safety is an important piece here, right? That we need to draft a safety at some point here. We need to draft a wide receiver. This range right here, um, this is our fourth round pick. Wide receivers should be coming off the board maybe before that. We should try to grab one if we can. So what right now I'm going to probably be looking at what we have out there for wide receivers. And where am I at for my second pick here now that we switched up or my next pick? Now that we switched 149. All right, so 149 is our next pick. I feel like we moved somewhere in there. Um, getting a little lost, so I apologize to everybody. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, what was what was our second pick again? So first we went with uh, Peter. So so we went with uh, Skaronsky out of Northwestern. We went with. Washington out of Georgia, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, tight end. Then we went our third round pick, which is the Ed Roger, edge rusher out of um, Northwestern. I can't remember who we took in the third round. Um, I'm going to take a defensive tackle, which I think is in a, like an important like like secondary piece, right? I think our front three. For our defensive tackles are really good, but Zach Pickens out of South Carolina looks like the best prospect on the board here. Um, really high relative athletic score. Might be like slightly undersized at 291, but I think putting on 10 to 15 pounds, he probably took that off to run the 40 anyway. Um, defensive tackle out of South Carolina, we're going to take Zach Pickens. All right. Like it. So Zach Pickens. All right. I'm I'm almost caught back up to where I should have been. Zach Pickens. Sorry, I'll be helping you here in a second. So Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, the hundred and tenth ranked prospect on my board that I made up myself right now. So currently we have tackle Peter Sparonsky out of Northwestern, tight end Darnell Washington out of Georgia, edge rusher uh, Ajig Bawari out of Northwestern, edge Andre Carter out of Army, and then Zach Pickens, D-tackle, South Carolina. So no receivers yet, Mike, no receivers. Well, so we're going to fix that right now. We're going to take Parker Washington, who is 
small, right? So he's like five nine, but he's two oh four. He's not like small in the sense that he doesn't carry any weight, but he is only five nine. And so um he's a guy that I've heard some pretty good things about. I think that he can produce at the next level. So that's where we're gonna go in is this round five already? Or is it we still in round four? I don't know. No, we're in round five. Yeah. So uh round five, we're gonna take Parker Washington. So Parker Washington out of Penn State, Washington, a wide receiver in a running back's body, like Mike said, the five foot nine, two hundred and four pounder can still be a weapon out of the slot with his ball skills. He dropped just eight of his 154 career catchable targets. So I'll take I'll take that out of my slot. So right now, my concerns in your draft are I think I would have just I would have flipped it. I know your theory here lately is that receivers are kind of starting to turn into the running back position where they're somewhat of a dime a dozen. But it just seems like we need to go out and take someone sexy right off the board. And I think personal opinion is the Packers are going to get a receiver right off the bat. And I think it's going to be kind of a spiteful thing. Like, I feel like there was always something in the office that was supreme faith in Rodgers being able to turn anybody out. And and now I think with love, they're going to be like, yeah, we want to see what love has early. But. We are to pick 207. What do you got, Mike? All right. So I'm going to like counter your point there just a little bit. And I'm going to say that Christian Watson would have been the number one overall pick or not the number one, the number one wide receiver in this draft pretty easily. Okay. So So that's what you're saying. Okay. So I don't think that taking like whoever you pick here, if you were going to take a wide receiver and with pick 13 you're getting your third best wide receiver right there and i don't know that that's a need i like that that is a good point because i think romeo dobbs is really good and i think that christian watson is really good (laughs) and maybe that's where like i'm missing the boat on jackson smith and in jigba right is that he while would be an awesome, like absolutely awesome third wide receiver, even Samori Tori, I I like him. I think that he's a plus wide receiver. I just don't think he's had the time to develop. Now we got three second year guys. One of those guys is going to be damn good, right? One of them for sure will be damn good. I just don't know that it like, I don't know that it'll happen like. Yeah, Watson's already that guy is going to be damn good. Like, I think that's like a foregone conclusion. But what do you got in uh, pick 207 here? So I'm going to take, and this is a homer pick, and it is going against what I said, like two edge rushers, uh, two tight ends, two wide receivers. That's what I want here. Um, I'm going to take a homer pick, and I'm going to do something that I probably shouldn't do because the last time that we drafted a 
Wisconsin linebacker, it blew up in our face. But I think Nick Herbig, while undersized, just figures out how to play football really, really well. Right? He doesn't have the exact size that teams want. He's lasting to pick 207. This is a guy that I am taking at 207 100 out of 100 times because he knows how to play college football super, super well. This is a guy that I need to take. Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin at pick two. If you knew he was going to be on the board, would that have made your decision at the edges earlier in the draft any different? Or does that? No, I had an idea he'd be on the board. I mean, so like, I don't know if like in actual reality, he lasts this long um, for like the actual draft. I would assume that somebody takes a flyer on him earlier than this. And if they don't, and Packers pass on the 207, and whatever their next pick is, I'll be kind of pissed. Yeah, I should have had that up. But, yeah, I would think if you see a guy like that that late in the sixth round that, yeah, you, you might go with the skill position a little bit earlier. But I think you already know like where my gripe is. I, I think I, I we're gonna pause here for a second, Pat. Okay. Our very special guest is out taking a quick poop break, and he's also gonna be the guy editing this, I think. So I'm gonna see if he catches this. So if he doesn't, you can just laugh at him in your car. Because he doesn't even know that this is happening. And we are back from our short break. Mike just took a big old dump and now he is good to go. Yeah, you called that a short break. I mean, I was probably on the toilet for a good 15 to 20 minutes. So, yeah, it was the wrong wipe. You wipe standing up or sitting down? Always sitting down, but it feels like it's a marker down there. You know, just can't get it clean. Yeah, keep wiping that brown marker. Yep. All right, we are at pick 232, and our next pick is going to be at 235. And what are you looking for here, Mike, at pick 232? So currently we have a tackle, tight end, three edge guys, a wide receiver, and then an interior defensive lineman. So I'm looking for a safety or a wide receiver here, I think. Um, yeah, is, yeah and, and, and honestly, neither guy is really, like neither position is really jumping off the page at me. Um, I do have a few um, guys like that are kind of late that they've had come into the facility or They've been talking too, so I just got to make sure that um, those guys are hanging around draft-wise in here. Um, I did see like a guy like Jordan Howden, who's a safety out of Minnesota, went. Uh, I saw that he went. Yeah, he went a little bit earlier there. Late sixth round, maybe. Yeah, which which is a little disappointing. Um, I was hoping to be able to get him 
in a few of these picks here. Um, so let's see who we're, who we're looking at here. Um, we could be looking at our uh, quarterbacks, right? So the guys that they had brought in were Logan Bonner and Sean Clifford. Uh, one, Logan Bonner out of Utah State. I don't think we need another Utah uh, player coming hey. in. I'm not. I'm not sure that we need another another Utah or Utah State guy from. We already have Jordan Love. I think that'd be Sean Clifford is the Penn State quarterback. Uh, there is a Warner. Oh, he might be off the board as well. So, geez Louise, we are running into some some issues with this the the late picks here. Okay, edge uh, too I'm, many too early. An edge too many too early. Yeah, maybe, right? Uh, I'm going to just check on I'm going to check on the tight ends and we're at one tight end, right? Currently, I did not take two. Yep, you, we only got Darnell Washington. All right, so we're going to take Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati here. Two Cincinnati tight ends on the on the board, or on the Packers, not on the board. Yeah, uh, DeGura is out of Cincinnati as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then we are right back to it. So yeah, so we went from 232 to 235. Um, and we are going to take a wide receiver out of Cincinnati as well, Trey Tucker, guy that came in for a visit. And we're going to be right back up here at 242. Who was the last pick that you just had, Trey Tucker? Trey Tucker, yep. He doesn't even show up on my. That's probably not good. There's a Sean Tucker. There's a Tucker Crafts. No Trey Tucker. So I'll have to write that one in. Wide receiver Cincinnati. And with the, this is our last pick in the draft. Uh, I can't imagine it's not. 242. Yeah, yeah this will be our last pick and pick 11 in the draft. Um, I feel like what I have done is I have missed uh, interior off offensive linemen, right? These are guys that I have not addressed yet. So we're going to take, take Javon Gwynn out of South Carolina. Right, and then we still have one pick left. Are you sure? Yep. Two fifty six. All right. Good deal. We need it. More picks, the better. Right there, we're we always, go. We're gonna find somebody that uh, makes the team right here. Tommy DeVito. Runs the offense, right? Illinois quarterback. 
that feel like he was in college for 10 years, but they weren't all with uh, Illinois. Who are you looking for? So I was looking for Evan Hall to uh, make it like a Northwestern, like all Northwestern team. Evan Hall, North uh, running back under Northwestern is kind of what I was looking for. Um, Sounds like such an awful idea. Let's bring these guys on a subpar college team to the NFL. I like the Georgia strategy. Take all the guys from Georgia. Yes, from the dominant uh, teams, right? Yeah. And so uh, trying to think like kind of which which position I've kind of passed on through here, and I just can't really identify it off the top of my head. So you just took an interior uh, lineman. I missed that one on my big board. But other than that, you have two wide receivers, two tight ends, three edge rushers, one interior defensive lineman, and a tackle. So I think this is house money. You kind of covered every area other than safety. I think I think if we're looking for Mr. Our Mr. Irrelevant. I guess he's not going to be the draft Mr. Irrelevant. Might be looking yeah, for safety or it would be nice to see a safety come through here and maybe you reach on a safety and take one at pick 78, even if there's a better player available because, because of the amount of need that you have there. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think that you could, you could easily take a, like a Tommy DeVito here. Um, there's two tight ends that are the top ranked guys here as well. Uh, and then it looks like a couple of defensive tackles that are right there. Now, my personal opinion um, is that defensive tackle, edge rushers, offensive tackles, that's where like you really hit your home runs in the draft. I think you can find those guys relatively late. So I'm going to take DeAnthony Jones out of Houston, which is an edge rusher here just to really bolster our defensive line. Um, I don't know that I always expect all these guys to make the team either. Yeah, especially when it's a draft with 11 players. So so it does give you your little breakdown here. So read it off for us, Mike. All right, the round one we have, why is this not not me? so round one, we got Peter Skaronsky. Round two, Darnell Washington. Um, round three, Adebawari from Northwestern. I think I said it a third different way. I like um, that, Adebawari. Yeah. It's uh, either Adebawari or Adebawari. Round four, I got Andre Carter II uh, out of Army. He's an edge rusher. Round five, Zach Pickens. Parker Washington at pick 149, wide receiver out of Penn State. Nick Herbig, edge rusher out of Wisconsin. 
at pick 207. Pick 232, I got Josh Wiley, a tight end out of Cincinnati. Pick 235, I got a wide receiver out of Cincinnati, Trey Tucker. Pick 242, Joe Vaughn an offensive guard out of South Carolina. And pick 256, DeAnthony Jones, an edge rusher out of Houston. And so I think that at the very least, the early rounds of this are very exciting. So even if you decide to take um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is a wide receiver at pick 13, if you fall into Darnell Washington, a tight, the tight end from Georgia, and I can't even say what I said last time, a devil worry, um, an edge from Northwestern, those three picks would have like me going from six to midnight pretty easily, right? Skaronsky, good offensive tackle, love that pick. Tight end, give the guy, give Jordan Love a guy to throw to over the middle. He's fast, super athletic, can block, does it yeah. all, huge, does it all. Um, a devil worry. Sounds like a guy that can really get after the quarterback and kind of has the perfect size, could be the opposite long-term for Rashawn Gary, right? So I'd be really excited on uh, Friday night if this is where we went with our draft. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I'm, I have too dumb of a brain to realize like how smart of a draft uh, something could be. Um, to me, with the ones that I got written down and then what I can see from what you got, I do not mind going with a tackle right away if you know he's going to be a guy that's going to be around for a while. But with the way our offensive line played, which wasn't great, but I felt like they were better at pass blocking than run blocking this last year. So I guess I don't think I would have addressed that as early, but I think where you got Skrowski, um probably I'm saying it wrong, uh, is great value and is definitely something the Packers would do. So what you were shooting for there, I think is right. I think in my fan dumb brain head, I'm definitely going with uh, Najigba. Um, and then if we get Darnell Washington, like I said, I, I'm going to be happy. And then you can do whatever you want throughout the rest of the draft. And just the way that it unfolded, I, I've never done what you just did in the uh, draft simulator. What what website did you use, Mike? So this is uh, Pro Football Network. Um, there's another one out there that's really good. Like uh, Pro Football Focus is really good too i think they charge for a few things right yeah. and so basically what i did is use yeah. the free one but just like i i thought you did a really good job i just where some of the guys like fell later i was like oh shit well we could have skipped on drafting uh andre carter from army if we knew nick herbig was going to be there later um but that's another dumb fan brain in my moment. Like, if, if we get Herbig, I'm going to be super happy. Uh, and just because 
I've got to see him play enough to know that that he's good. But other than that, I think you covered all the positions. It looks like what we would have to do is go out in uh, free agency to get that safety. I don't know what the Buda Baker situation in Arizona is looking like, but maybe we can make a play for him because he doesn't seem like he's happy there. Um, yeah, now that yeah. we've got two first-round picks, I think that you can – swing that for sure for Buda Baker. Like yeah. So that's the way I feel about it. I could be wrong. And Adrian Amos wasn't our best player last year, but he's still, you know, he's he'll suffice. He'll fill a role. I we haven't re-signed him yet, but maybe that's like if if they avoid the safety position in the draft. Maybe that's how, where we would have to go there. But overall, yeah, I think this would definitely help the team. I'm never going to be a guy that's begging for a first-round tackle, though, which I admit I'm dumb. Like, so that, that, that that's on me. Yeah, I don't know that I'm begging for them to take a tackle, especially since I think that, like, Zach Tom and um, – Oh, shoot. Uh, now I can't think of the guy they just signed. They re-signed him just recently. He's – Yash Neiman. I got I got there. I got there. Yash Neiman. Um, like, I feel like both those guys are starting right tackles in the league. And really, like, do I need to have another one? Not positive. But I feel like Skaronsky is a like a really high end talent that shouldn't last a thirteenth. Yeah, that's and, why I take him there. And Guten, who's ever in charge of pulling the trigger for the Packers, the whole time that we've been alive and paying attention to the Packers, I feel like one the Packers have to be one of the hardest teams to guess who they're actually going to pick. Because it seems like they stay pretty tight-lipped and like pretty hard and fast to their strategy. Like where it seems like Packers Twitter and social media of all sorts um, is begging for somebody, but the Packers usually don't fall into. Oh, maybe that guy is good. Like they're like, we got this guy on our board. So, so we'll they do their own thing out. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But no, I liked it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was my pleasure. I'll come back anytime. Yeah. First time ever. Very special guest. Got it on. Hammered down a few. Uh, not Milwaukee's best. What are you drinking there? Old Milwaukee? Old mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Hammered it's down. Brewed, brewed for the life of leisure, I think, is their slogan. Hammered Part down. Part of the reason I get it. Yeah. Some old Milwaukee, some grandpa beer, drank some high lifes, good times. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Thank you for having me. And that was our very special interview with our very special guest, Michael Douglas Doherty. And thankfully, the M Dog ended up showing up in this episode how you doing m dog you didn't miss a full one uh i'm doing good basically the same as the other episode just missed the 
the good part, the interview, the person that really makes the show well, I guess, right? But good. All right. Well. Give us some Martin Truex Jr. update right away. And then I want to hear how your week has been, your overs and unders. So what did MTJ do this weekend? So he finished 27th. I don't know if he was, I don't think he led any laps, nothing like that. So not sure where he finished in points, but I do know that he finished 27th this go around. Um, so let's see, positive here. I don't know. I'll get into my under right away. So my daughter has been kind of like not very nice to my son, right? So nine years old, six years old, right? Like pretty normal kid stuff, right? You're fighting a lot, like doing a lot of bullshit. But like, I think as a, as a parent of a nine-year-old, I think she should be better than what she is, right? Like, I think her brain doesn't work as well as I expect it to work. And I, and I, I should, I should understand she's only nine. Like, none of this is like the end of the world, but like, she's been picking on him and she's super, she's like a super nice girl, like to everyone else. Like, she's not that kid that picks on kids unless it's her brother. And then like that makes me even angrier because she picks on him, but nobody fucking else drives me crazy. You gotta remember. So how how much older were your sisters than you? So so my oldest sister probably is about three years older than me. Don't remember her ever like in but you had a buffer you had a buffer kid in between. No. No, no. So my older sister and then me and then my youngest, right? So Uh, like I'm in the middle. And so Gina and I, my younger sister, were, we hated each other. Hated each other. (laughs) Like we, like cats and dogs, right? And so, but Katie and I, I don't remember that being the case. My mom and dad probably thought very differently of it, but Katie or Gina and I were, a problem right i remember like my dad making us sit in the kitchen and hold hands for like an hour and just look <laughs> at each other like couldn't say nothing couldn't do anything just sit in the kitchen hand like palms to palms or whatever until you, we decided to like each other or something i don't know you, can, you can i tell you something i've heard recently that i think that this would actually be something good for okay so yeah for sure and i'm extrapolating some of the data here but so what i heard is so when your kids turn into teenagers everyone's all like oh my kid's a teenager now they hate me they think i'm like stupid like everything and apparently that was because like back when humans were running in packs like this is probably like pre-civilizations and stuff that's still in our dna but they said they would do that because so you're a teenager you can start producing kids at that point like you go through puberty and stuff and they you're genetically uh predisposed that's probably the wrong word, but you're gen- no, I think genetically, that's right. genetically wired to not like your parents. So you leave the pack that you are in 
to find a different pack to not inbreed. So as your kids are young and fighting, I'm sure there's something like, I mean, obviously like just living with somebody for so long, but there's probably like some, some whatever dinosaur type shit going on in your kids' brains. They're like, I'm not supposed to like this person because I yeah, that you're not supposed podcast. to fall in love with that person to some yeah. extent, right? Yeah. Interesting. Well, so I think it's probably a good thing that your kids don't <laughs> get along too well. Because like, what what would be what would be worse though is if uh, yeah, that would be significantly worse. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, that great point, Pat. Great point. Um, I have so, heard so something's working. I have heard that if kids are willing to fight with each other, right? That like, that means that they trust their parents too, right? That like, if they're willing to fight each other, and this is probably just some hocus pocus fucking mumbo jumbo, but like, if they're willing to fight, like they trust that their parents aren't going to like beat them or like, do something or leave them or whatever because siblings that like really bond together well like they've created that bond to make sure that they're safe in a group where if your parents are good like high quality human beings like that's not the case i guess or something i don't know do you does that make sense i'm trying to think of it from like a anthropological yeah standpoint. from like ancestry uh, right like so but if your parents like would be close to killing you right so i'll like go back like oh yeah no it makes right sense. and then that's like you and your siblings like packed together so that they can't kill you guys right or something that oh okay i get where you're coming from see because i kind of thought you were saying is like so where we're moving in society so say if back in the day you had three kids and they were fighting all the time like that's going to be a problem where you're going to need to kill one of your kids if you want the the pack to survive you know what i'm saying though is like hey we oh need yeah to, okay so which we would be get the opposite up. that yeah. like the parent will kill the kid because they're but too yeah much but the, but yeah, if your kids are fighting with each other and they're comfortable with you, they know to a standpoint that they're not going to be like, okay, we need to off this one because we need to get rid of, you know, we need to get away from this bobcat or whatever the hell that's hunting us right now. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to be bobcat bait. Or, but I think it's, it's more of like the danger of what your parents could be too, right? So like we've all heard stories of like, absolute shit parents right? yes and then siblings have to bond together due to that fact okay where yep, yep. like their parents are so shitty they have to figure out how do we how do the four of us survive so we like work together really well where when your parents are making sure that you can survive you don't yeah. have to like like engage with that person in the same way yeah and i'm so, trying to like, think of it just hasn't been the greatest week here at the Doherty household in terms of like 
sibling rivalry, right? And so yeah. you're trying um, to make sure you don't got Lyle and Eric Menendez. Uh, yeah, that are just going to like murder me, right? <laughs> That's who we're talking about as they just like brutally murder their parents. Yeah. Um, as far as overs go, I like, so it was only Thursday when the last good thing happened, like when the last, and I, I'm just can't pinpoint like an overall, like super positive what that happened. So, all right. I'll go on to me then, because I've had an absolutely great word or great wheat. So I'm going to start with my negative, which isn't super negative, but it grossed me out. Um, so I was getting ready to go to the gym, put my pre-workout into like a shaker thing, filled it with water from the fridge, shook it up, did whatever. I usually drink it on my way to the gym or like right when I get in the parking lot, just try to pound it. And this was one of the days I waited till I got in the parking lot to pound it. And for some reason, I looked at the the bottle before I chugged it, which Thankfully, I did, but I looked in there and I seen the shadow of like something floating in my shake or whatever, pre-workout, not shake. And then I opened it up to see what it was. And I had like a baby cockroach in my pre-workout drink. And I was already at the gym, so I just picked the bug out threw it on the ground and drank it anyways but it did gross me out to the point where i was drinking it and it like made me gag and then it came out my nose uh, oh but yeah so fairly substantially then yeah so that's tough because like you know like mentally really the taste isn't probably different the texture is probably not different it's all that you saw that fucking bug in there yeah and i don't know like, where do you stand on that? Would you drink it anyways? So it depends on the day and depends on, like, where I'm at. Um, so I don't think if I would have, like, started gagging on it, that I would have continued drinking it. I would yeah. imagine that the gym that you go to has probably, like, a vending machine where you can probably get the same fucking shit. I didn't even think of that. because yeah, right? And, like, I probably would have just paid for it, right? There's times in my life, super cheap, that I would not have. Or I would have just worked out without it. But um, like if I started gagging, I might not have. But I yeah. would have probably started trying to drink it. No, yeah. Th- there was some cheapness involved because I was like, oh, I got expensive pre-workout. Like I don't want this yeah. to be like a bad scoop, which is probably like a dollar, which isn't really that bad. But yeah, I guess but like, like and then I got the placebo effect of like I need this pre-workout before I go into this gym. But do you keep your pre-workout with you? No. Or do you keep it at the house? I keep it at the house. Sometimes when I'm like traveling a lot, like I keep it in like a gym bag in my car or whatever. But but I've noticed like if you leave it out in the sun too much. So I try to keep my pre-workout in like a climate controlled environment um so where do you think the cockroach came from in my house like it's so but is it in the cup is it in the water is it in the pre-workout it was not in the pre-workout i'm 90 
99% sure. It was in the cup. I'm also 99% sure. So whatever that makes it. So it was, it was in the cup. And then I yeah. dumped the pre-workout on top of it. And then I poured water on top of the bug. And then that's, that's where the situation came what to What would have happened had you swallowed the bug? Because I'm probably, pretty sure you're I like slammed this, right? Yeah, I probably went to get too much of a shit. Like, so, yeah. Maybe you so, don't even know, right? Yeah. No, it furthers it. I think I would have felt it. Like, it wasn't like a... It would have been crawling up your uh, esophagus or whatever. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these, the cockroach that it was, wasn't like cockroaches gross me the fuck out. Like, this wasn't one of those. It was like, because I think they call them like palmetto bugs. And the palmetto bugs are like nasty. Like, this was like a German cockroach, which I hear that's the ones you should be worried about because they, carried more diseases so it was like a small looking but they taste good uh yeah apparently they didn't taste bad and that was my under the the bug so then for an over it was my anniversary weekend this weekend and just all around good weekend so my anniversary was on the 23rd which was a sunday so we decided we would celebrate Mostly on Saturday, we started out in the morning. My wife actually was in a fitness competition uh, through her gym, which is just a bunch of crazy people that like to work out way too much and give way too many high fives, a uh, little high speed for me. But wait, so when you say fitness competition, what does that mean? Like, so the, the, she goes to a gym called Burn and they have these things called the level up games. And it's three different rounds. And in each round, it, it's kind of like CrossFit games. But for some reason, I don't think they like to say they're CrossFit games. Because they're not really doing um, much of like Olympic lifts or like barbell lifts. It's the closest thing to, do, to doing uh, Olympic lift. They were doing dumbbell snatches. Um, which I don't know. It was it was a pretty intense crossfitty. Yeah. So her first round, she had to do pull-ups and then maybe jump squats and then run uh half a mile. So yeah, it is it is Sounds very miserable. Yeah. So that that was just round one. Because once she was done with that, I was like, damn, baby, you did good. I think you might have a chance to win. And then her partner was like, We still got two more rounds of different exercises to do. And then they, yeah, they, then they did two more rounds of that stuff. Anyways, long story short, she ended up winning the whole, her and her partner ended up winning the whole entire thing. There was like a, Ooh, yeah. yeah, I know. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Mina Linda Manina is Jack. She is. Yeah. It, it was impressive because the only thing that I'm kind of disappointed that I would put as kind of an under, I stayed for the whole competition except for the award ceremony. And she told me to leave. She was like, I'm, I'm not going to win. But like my eyes were kind of telling me, like I was like, they weren't updating the standings as they went. It was just like added up at the end. 
I was like, I think they got a pretty good shot at winning this stuff. And they raised like $2,200. My wife's team, not like the, they, the whole uh, gym raised $20,000 for mus oh, nice. the Muscular Dystrophy Association, MDA. Um, but yeah, my wife's team raised $2,100 like or something. They took second in the fundraiser and then they took first in the competition and then it added it up and they ended up taking first overall of the whole thing so that was pretty cool and then her partner in it knew the chef at like one of the nicer restaurants in uh tallahassee so she got us reservations for our anniversary night and we had like a special table there and very cool it was it was amazing. It was one of the best dining experiences I've ever had in my life. I'm not too much about like your $60 steaks or whatever. I think my meal was like $38. So it's not like super ridiculous, but anyways, it was, it was very good. And it was very, the service was on point. Like they were very much making you feel special. We walked in the door, the lady said, ah you must be gabriella and i was like are you kidding me like but i guess so my wife was wearing a necklace that said gabriella so she she pulled that off but i'm still kind of impressed that, so, that yeah because i don't notice that stuff me neither that's pretty good out of a like i mean you see good waiters and shit like that but like that's impressive yeah the hostess was great they gave us free champagne yeah, and yeah, one of the best meals of my life. I'll give it. I'll give it that. Uh, savor or savior or savor. I I don't know. I think it's savor. Is what I I couldn't figure out what the name of the restaurant was the whole time I was there. But anyways, great weekend. My Would John approved. Yeah, John approved. so so I hit John up uh, before. So Chef John. Uh, jailbird john as well whatever whatever you want to call him either or he's a chef now he used to be a jailbird <laughs> uh, like most most chefs uh but i made him pick what i should get from the place so i sent him the menu before i went there and then he gave me some like obscure thing to get and i was like fuck it i am gonna get whatever john told me to get it was very good. So I was in good work, John. I, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is all John. I was like, I'm going to go outside my comfort zone. Get, I can't even remember what I got, what it's called, but it was very good. Um, but yeah, great weekend. See, at a place like that, I generally like to ask, like, what should I get from like the waiter? Like, if this is a place I've never been, like, just tell me, like, what I should get. What's the best thing on the menu? And I, because I'll eat mostly anything like olives I'm out on. I don't like olives, but like <laughs> even if they told it's me like it was like an, the line. Yeah, an olive-based dish, I'd be like, well, fuck it, just give it to me. Right. Yeah. And I did that as well. And the lady, I think I might have said something like, Oh, this is what my buddy suggested. And she told me it was her favorite thing on the menu. So yeah, perfect. All all signs were pointing 
to that. So got it. Was great. Great anniversary weekend. One year down. Uh I don't even know. 50, 50 to go. 80s, mid 80s. You're gonna die in your mid 80s. Early 80s. I think I, I think I might touch a hundred, dude. I'm built different, strapped with a whopper. I'm good to go, man. Yeah, so. but so like maybe when you're like 95 and like you get your like one erection for the year, that might cause a heart attack if you got a whopper, right? Yeah, it, it'll be pulling a lot of blood. So right. So it could be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I I fully expect to make it to 150. I figure in the next 50 years, which I should live pretty easily, 85 or 87. Shit. Um, by 87, I think I'll live to 87. And then in those 50 years, a lot of science is gonna come inside there that like makes life super easy. I'll probably be almost as fit as I am today at 87. Yeah, they'll be like having an experiment that's sending us old people like pumping, pumping us to stay alive into like outer space. Yeah, it'll be cool. It, I do cool. intend at like 65 or 70 to start smoking and doing steroids though. So we'll see how that goes. 65. I like that. Yeah, yeah like good age both the time I smoking. retire. Both the yeah. time I retire, like I've heard smoking is pleasant. Yeah. Right? It, it's and fun. then like steroids should keep me relatively fit as long as I do something. Yeah, steroids and smoking that. 65. So, yeah. So then we probably have at least 60 years to go. So until we'll we'll say till we're a hundred. So whatever that would be. We'll we'll call it 2100. So I'll be 110. She'll be 111. So whatever that brings us to. But yeah. That will wrap up our show for today. So we had our special guest, Mike. You missed out again. It was a great guest. Uh, broke down the Packers draft. I uh, drank some old Milwaukee's with me. And yeah, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. We love you guys. Um, and then we'll let Mike M Dog take it to the take it to the house. Oh shit! I, lo- I forgot it. For all you haters doubting the uh, Brewers, the Bucks, the Badgers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. You guys. Ah, I fucked it up. It's suckers. I said haters. <laughs> God damn it! It's the old Milwaukee's talking. This episode was brought to you by Old Milwaukee. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came. Need my show All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my show Beat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers King. Eat my show Eat my shows. <laughs>